Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. I'm Scott Lease, here with my friend, as always, Richard Harris. And today we are excited to talk to Steve Benson, CEO of Badger Maps, and uh, get into some of the tips and tactics of leading sales, leading a company, and surviving through this whole quarantine pandemic mess that we're in right now. How's it going, Steve? Great, Scott. How, how are things with you? I'm okay, man. I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm used to being uh, sheltered and stuck inside for long periods of time. So, so far, so good with me. There you go. I'm, I'm less, less used to it myself, but uh, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the longer it goes on, the more you're going to get used to it. <laughs> so, um, you're not used to working from home and running, uh, running a team from home. Is this, this totally new ground and territory for you? Um, you know, I'm not used to working from home, but our team is fairly result, fairly remote at Badger already. Uh, everyone works out of offices, but those offices are around the world and Badger has a team in Europe, a team in Utah. We're based in San Francisco. That's where I'm based out of. And then we have a team in the Philippines. Oh, how, how big is, uh, the company now? Um, Badger has about 70 employees. 70. Wow. That's grown quite a bit from, I think, the last time uh, that, we, that we talked. Can you get, yeah. tell everybody what Badger Maps is and what you guys do and, and what the sale is like so, so the audience has some context? Sure. Yeah. So what Badger does is we have a application that helps field salespeople do a variety of things. So, um, you know, we've kind of focused on that one end user and we try to build tools that, that work for them. That includes um, giving them tools to focus on the right customers when they're in the when they're going out into the field, giving them tools to build their route, their schedule for the day. Uh, we give them tools that connect their. We have an application on the phone that collects information about their customers for them in an easy way as they go through their day and kind of execute their schedule, um, all their face-to-face -face meetings, and sends all that information back into their CRM. Um, so we, we, we do a bunch of things that help the field salesperson, basically. So I have to ask this question because of the situation that we're in now. You've got a product designed for field sales teams, and nobody is out in the field right now. So what are the adjustments that you're having to make specifically? Are you making adjustments to the product, um, to the tactics of your team? How, how is all this going down right now for you? Yeah, I mean, so we a lot of people have put their put their usage of the product on pause, and we let them do that, obviously, so stop paying for it um, while they're uh, during this time. So they've uh, a lot of people have not quit the software; they've just paused their their relationship with us because they're just not in the field, right? They're at home. Yeah. Um, in terms of tactics, what have we changed? I mean. You know, our sales cycle, I think, has is lengthened because people, so a lot of people are actually still able to check this out now. You know, maybe it wasn't number one on their list to do before this happened. Yeah. Maybe it was number 10 and they're finally getting to number 10 on their to-do list after sitting around right. in quarantine. They've got some time now to evaluate some things. Exactly. Yeah. So, they're, they're, so they've had the opportunity to kind of check this stuff out and, um, and so they're, they're getting to do that. However, that doesn't mean that it's not really a normal sales cycle, which normally someone like we have a free trial of the product. So a sales team will, will set them up so they can 
try it out and then they'll they'll try it out for two to two weeks to a month to make sure it works for them make sure it does what they thought it was going to do and then they buy it but now they're they're kind of trying it out doing a trial set up getting it set up making doing going through that process but then they don't buy it they, they say okay well yeah no we want this as soon as we're able to go outside again yeah. we want to turn it on so as, so as a as a you know revenue leader and and founder ceo of the company like how how are you forecasting right now? Are you, have you downshifted the Q2 and Q3 forecast? Are you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've given the forecast a major haircut for Q2. For Q3, I actually think that we're going to, we're going to do really well in because, uh, because all this, um, it's a lot of what we should have sold in Q2 is just going to happen in Q3. So, so, you, so you're kind of forecasting like Q3, maybe Q4 be a bump for what, what you guys do. So, yeah. so are you, have you then adjusted and tweaked your forecast? Like, is it down on, you know, pipeline and meetings as well as revenue or is it just down on revenue forecast, right. but it's, like increase, increase the goals for pipeline and meetings? Right. So pipeline and meetings are actually up. So more people are trying this out than normal, I think, because they have the time and they know they're going to be back out in the field eventually. They might not know exactly when, but they, but it's a great time for them to kind of get this new technology in place. A lot of people knew about it, I think, but they hadn't gotten around to actually setting it up. So they're getting to do that. And, uh, and, and so those, those metrics are actually up for us. It's just sales that are down. And so that's why I'm projecting, to, so how know, do we're really going to take it on the chin here in Q2, but then pop in Q3 because all yeah. that demand is going to flow through at the same time. I think we're, that's what we're all praying for uh, is the pop in Q3. Do you, um, how do you then coach your team on the demo presentation port, right? Because I, I assume there's some level of PowerPoint or you got to, you got to walk them through what this looks like, right? Because it's something someone's going to see visually. So that becomes part of the sales process, right? You need to show them. Um, and since they're not yeah. sort of trying it in a free trial version because they're not out running around or maybe they are, but hopefully not. How do you, what have you adjusted in your demo to make your demos better, to make presentations better, coaching your team on that kind of stuff? How, how do you address that? Well, yeah, it's very different to present something in person and, you know, we, our sales team, a lot of, a lot of time is doing in-person interactions, in-person meetings. Um, and, and they're, they function more as a field sales team. So parts of them are, that's how they're used to selling other parts of our organization that are selling to a small team or a, you know, an individual, they'll do that over, over zoom already. And so for those, for those guys, it hasn't been a, a transition really at all. Um, they're just doing it from home and trying to deal with their kids at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a transition, but the, from the actual sales process and the, you know, demoing it and stuff haven't changed. But there are, I did give a, I, I did give a talk to the field salespeople about what changes they should think about making and, and what strategy they, strategies they can use to sell over Zoom. Um, you know, and, and in fact, the matter is that there are a lot of, this is a real challenge for not just us, for, for a lot of people in that the best way to sell a lot of prod, products is face-to-face. That's why there's you know showrooms and that's why retail sales exist. That's why people go, there are field salespeople. It's just, it's a better way to sell a lot of types of products. Um, 
So you are selling at a disadvantage, and in our product is like that. You know, it's better to be sold face to face. But what are the? Big, but what are the? What are sale. the? Tell people like, okay, instead of doing this, do this, or instead of that, try this. Like, what are the things you're giving your team mm-hmm. to think about as they have to make their demos and presentations? Well, first, um, I think you have to keep things briefer if you're going over Zoom. Like, you have to be succinct in in your speech. Uh, audiences tend to lose attention a lot faster if they're if you're you know kind of giving a zoom presentation as opposed to talking to someone in person and so that's that's the the first thing that i think i tell that i've told the my guys that are going from the outside to more of a over the phone situation you want to keep things simple so things that can be more complex it, it, you can explain more complex things face to face than you can over zoom so you want slides to simplify you want to avoid too many words on slides the way you kind of could get away with that in person. You can't as much get away with it over Zoom. Um, Less can be more in this environment. I think you have to focus on your transitions. When you're transitioning from one idea to another, you have to, you you have to really connect your points. It it can be really, uh, it's different. It's sometimes difficult to follow people over the phone or or over Zoom in a way that is more natural in person. I think that, that the sales skills in terms of connecting with someone are also a little different. You want to you look, be looking at, your, at the camera when you're talking to people and presenting to them. You want to wear clothing that is neutral. You got to avoid stripes, which, you know, obviously in person you can, you can have. But you have flag, stripes on right stripes. now, Richard? But yeah, wait, why, why stripes? Um, because uh, it shows up weird on, on Zoom cameras, especially if, you, if you're using like a green screen. It can, it'll show up like very... Uh, well, yeah, but you don't need to, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's good. I hadn't thought about that one. I, w- I want to go back to one of the other ones you brought up though, because these are really mm-hmm. good. It's funny because I'm sitting and, and I'm an inside sales guy. Like I did one year field sales and realized what a waste of time it was for me. Like I, I was not wired to be the windshield warrior. So all these things you're telling me are like gen- inherent in me. Like I, like there's nothing in here you haven't show- told me that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Transitions though, that was a really good one. Can you, do you happen to have an example of like, you know, here we had to go from doing this in this stage to this in this stage in our transitions. Is there an example you can share just so people, I want to try and get away from the word transition, right? Mm -hmm. Are you talking about from transitioning from usage to commercial terms, transitioning from commercial terms to contracting process? Like what do you, what's that mean? Uh, For me, I was, I was, I was talking more about trend, not, not transitioning from sales from point in the sales cycle to point in the sales cycle. I was talking more about when you're giving a presentation and you're going from say for us, it might be a point about um, how we help you build your schedule out for the day to a different point, which you know would be a different slide and a different area of the conversation about uh, how we help collect, uh, help the company collect a lot more information from the field and are able to automate a bunch of busy work for people. So in between point A and point B, I think it's important if you're, if you're in kind of a zoom environment or a, or a phone environment, you want to make sure people are understand that you're transitioning, understand that and are engaged in, in the conversation. How would, how would you do that? How would you transition? I think it's a great time to, to uh, take their temperature like so that you know to close out like okay so if I was doing routing so that's kind of how, okay guys so that's that's how uh, that's how Badger will help you with your uh, with figuring out 
how to do your routes better and more efficiently when you're in the field. Does that make sense to everybody? Does, does you guys understand how this, how this is going to be set up so that it can help you guys be more efficient? And, and so you're, I'm, I'm checking in, I'm taking their temperature. I'm, I'm looking for objections that then I could overcome, but I want to, I want to make it more clear that I'm transitioning from this idea, closing the book on it and opening the book on, on the next concept that, that I want to talk about. It's a great time for a joke. It's a great time to lighten the mood kind of, uh, you know, if, if you've only got 10 minutes of, uh, of kind of concentration out of people in this type of environment, then you want to, you can do things at a transition to reset some of that time and, and gain some more if you can be interesting. Got it. So I, I agree with everything you said, except one part, which is, does that make sense? Like I'm a, I'm a big proponent of never saying that in person or on phone. I always sort of ask people, how does this compare to what you're currently doing? Right. I want, I want to, because we're, you know, what's happening when you're doing presentations is you're showing pictures and naturally humans are then taking those pictures and putting it into their mind about their current process. Oh, that's different than how we do it. That's how we do it. That's similar. And so for me, I want to ask an open-ended question versus a closed-ended question of, does that make sense? I feel like I get a lot of false positives, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. So, and granted, I put you on the spot. So I think you I, already know. That. So I, I, I disagree, I disagree with Richard on this particular I part. I ask, I, I ask, does that make sense all the time? But I, I, so I know it's a closed-ended question, but after they say, yeah, that makes sense, I say to them, good, explain it back to me. So this is how I quiz them, basically, and figure out, did they actually learn something? Were they paying attention, right? So if I'm going over this point about this particular feature, I say, Steve, does that make sense to you? Steve says, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, cool. So explain that back to me. Like, if you're going to go pitch this to your CFO that you want to buy this thing right now. Like walk, walk me through what we just talked about. Like, how would you explain it? And if they can't do it, then I have the opportunity to try to re-explain it. If they can do it, I'm like, good, that's awesome. Well done. And then I can move on. So I think there's, there's some nuance there. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great advice, but from both of you and I, and I, uh, but that, I think that's, that's fantastic feedback. Um, so, Steve, uh, I, does that make sense? Do you understand what <laughs> Yeah, that, that makes yeah, sense. Should I explain it back to yeah, you? Back. <laughs> I want to I wanna, I wanna change gears a little bit. I, mm -hmm. We were talking a little bit before the show um, about kind of leading a company through this situation and how companies might be thinking about saving money um, and as that pertains to maybe tools or personnel. And, you know, a lot of people are having to make really, really difficult decisions who are in your shoes right now mm -hmm. um you know from laying people off when they don't really want to and, and things like that um what's it like from your from your side of the fence and, and and how can leaders of companies and organizations um you know kind of be as as kind and decent as and helpful as possible through some really really difficult moments here yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've been fortunate so far. We we had the the reserves to uh, that we haven't had to let anyone go at Badger yet. Um, but uh, but that's obviously something that's happening a ton out there, and it really depends on you know, by industry and and how different industries are affected in different ways. I have friends that run travel companies, and they're just you know their revenue has dropped to zero, and they had to pay a they were, they had to pay a bunch of refunds to customers. So. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just kind of depends. 
I guess, you know, as I, as I would approach this problem, I would say, keep in mind, like, and especially, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the people on this sh- that listen to your show are sales leaders and salespeople. So I guess, you know, in particular, that group thinking about their sales team, you're, you're dealing with a, a different kind of problem than a lot of other parts of the organization, because your sales team is the revenue engine of an organization. So you, you need to, th- approach any change any any big changes there very carefully um i think if there is if if, it's better to let go of the bottom 10 percent of your sales team than it is to lower everyone's salary by 10 percent if there's weakness at the bottom if it's kind of depending and and everyone just knows this on their own like if you know it's been if it's been fat happy times and and uh and there is a little there there, it, it probably wouldn't hurt to uh to that bad to get rid of the bottom ten percent, then that's probably the first place to go. But so you want to look for low performers that you would have let go anyway. You want to, if you need to make a cut, a new recruit that hasn't scaled up yet is probably a good place to look. But but uh, you know, at, at some point you you're left with a group of people that you really don't want to lose and are the revenue engine of the company. And so you, I think that you you want to kind of approach that differently at that point than a lot of other parts of an organization would. Um, I think that instead of firing those people, you're better off lowering their compensation if you need to save money. So rather than fire 20% of the team, lower their compensation by 20%. With a sales team, I would focus focus any lowering of, of compensation on the um, on the, the base side of their compensation as opposed to the bonus because you don't, what you don't want to do is take away their incentive to sell new business. So you don't want to lose your good people. You don't want to de-incentivize your good. Would people. you, would you lower the base, but try and make it up on the, on the back end? Um, you could, so, so, well, if you think your if your plan was already in a good, in a good place and like was designed well, you rather than just extend their bonus and give them more money. I mean, the, probably their the plan was incentivizing to begin with. Now you may have to make changes to the plan if numbers are going to greatly change in, in your business going forward, you know, to, to keep them incentivized, you're going to need to move some things around. Yep. Um, but, uh, what, but else, yeah, so. what else can you do? Right. So, we, and we know, look, everybody's having to make these cuts and I applaud you for not having to make some of these cuts and being very conscious about it and, and you know, using the reserves, right? Like if you've got reserves and you're saving them for a rainy day, I don't know if it's ever gonna rain any harder than this. Right. right. Um, even if you have to make the cuts, what are, what are some of the things that you can do to also try to make up for that? And I know it's not gonna be compensation, right? It's about mm-hmm. culture, about support and doing those things. What have been some of the things that, that you've been able to do or say What's been the reaction from the team? You know, are they appreciative? Are they, okay, Steve, we get it, but like, like, what's it really sound like in your world? Because I wonder, I wonder how it's sounding. Well, I, I think, uh, I don't, I don't think anyone's ever going to appreciate having a, a cut to their salary. I think it's always, even in tough times, it's going to be hard. But I think people will understand. I mean, uh, I think in general, this is a, this is a strange time, and um, people would. I think in general, people on a team would rather see everyone's salary lowered, especially their base salary lowered a bit, as opposed to seeing a bunch of good people get fired. So it, it, 
if there are people that, you know, people wouldn't, if there are people on the team that are redundant or aren't, aren't really a players that you, that everyone would kind of recognize. Yeah. That's, um, you know, we're not that much worse off for, for the wear for not having them. That's a fine group to, to make some cuts. But if it's, if it's really good people and everyone knows they're really good people, I think that people would rather batten down the hatches and get paid a little less for a little while than, than see great people get, lose their jobs. So are you, how are you keeping your team engaged, right? So you, you have a, a, a decent number of field people, right? All around um, the world. He's got team members all around the world. How do you keep people engaged? And maybe, maybe this was part already baked in for some of, for some of your business. Um, to keep them engaged, to keep them motivated, to keep them connected? What are you guys doing? Well, I, I think transparent communication is really important right now. Um, and, and you need to over-communicate, if anything. So you need, if you're regularly communicating and, 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 uh, and being honest and transparent in your communications, I think it goes a long way. I think people, you know, I think most people understand what's going on with the economy at this point and, and, uh, and, and so, and understand that we have to dig, dig deep and pull ourselves out of this at some point and, and think even, even if things are a little paused right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think in a, in a nutshell, I think great leadership right now is over communicating with everyone, checking in with people, making sure that they're, uh, that they're in a healthy place mentally, um, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do I phrase this? How do you over communicate as you put it without running into a death by meeting situation? Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I think, uh, I think some people need more than other people. And so you can do things that are kind of optional and almost social to replace the, the water cool cooler experience that people normally have from their peers. And and normally my employees aren't remote. They're just in offices all over the world. So they might be remote to me, but they're all, you know, there's a 20 person office in, in Europe that, um, that they're all together in. And so I think one thing that I've had success with is, is creating these water cooler experience, you know, like a 15 minute stand up meeting where we kind of get together and shoot the shit in the morning, I think uh, is or around lunchtime and, and doing that with different groups of people, I think is really helpful to kind of, get questions answered and you just kind of have an open forum. I think, uh, having, having kind of having people communicate with each other and keep each other accountable and is really a, a good way to look at things and a, and a good thing to do in these times. Like, you know, having a morning meeting at the same time every day, even if it's just a 10 minute stand up meeting is, is a good thing to do with a sales team to kind of get people, you know, give people a reason to, uh, to get out of bed and, 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 uh, to not sit around and play video games till two in the morning and, and, uh, and stay engaged. I think, you know, you want people kind of interacting and, and, uh, communicating and keeping a regular schedule as much as you possibly can. I know one of the other topics we were talking about beforehand too was, uh, was coaching, right. Uh, which I think goes back to a certain level of over communication, right. Um, yeah. making sure that creating the right, the right kind of time with people, right? To your point, some are mandatory, some aren't. Coaching is always, you know, a good thing. How is how have you guys approached coaching during this time? Um, well, I, I think that 
I, I'm, I've been coaching my, the, the managers of my employees to, to engage with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, um, just, as, just like they would if they were in the office and going into a meeting room together to, to chat about things. I think uh, you, 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 still, you need to, to have just as many interactions as you normally would. I think a lot of those interactions are a little less efficient over Zoom. I think it just takes longer. Like something that would be a three-minute quick conversation can end up being a 30-minute a conversation on the phone, right? Uh, so you, you lose something in the translation of in-person to, to over the phone. Do you, think, do you think it's taking that difference because they're, they're trying to make a human-to-human -human connection, right? Like to your point, it may not be as quick, but it's like, oh, wow, I haven't seen a human being face-to-face -face other than my significant other. You know, yeah. In two days, right? Well, and that's why I was saying this can really be affecting different people differently. Also, I think you know it, it affects introverts less than extroverts, right? Like some people really lose their minds in this type of situation, yeah. right? Whereas are you an, are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? I'm I'm definitely more of an extrovert. So uh, are you? Yeah. Uh, the the uh, I, I think it's uh, be, being without people is definitely hard for me. I'd much prefer to be in an office. What do you, what do you consider yourself, Richard? An introvert or an extrovert? Me. Yeah, you. Uh, I consider myself an introvert, but all the studies I've done, and you know me, Scott, I've done all this psych stuff, and, you know, therapy and stuff, that, that, that I've either, A, figured out how to answer the questions in an extroverted way um, to convince myself that I'm an, uh, to let other people know that. So the tests say I'm an extrovert, but internally I think I'm very shy and reserved because when I think about, how I was as a kid, I, I was, I was okay with my friends. I never had a big group of friends, right? I had two or three close friends. That was it. Um, so I, I think of myself as an introvert, but the tests sort of say otherwise. So, so I'm, I'm definitely not an extrovert. <clears throat> so I'm very curious to hear some of the specific things that are challenging for you, Steve, as an extrovert trying to you know, work and live and live through this right now. Can you touch upon some of that? Sure. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, for me, I, I find it energizing to be around other people. Like that's what I look forward to. Um, you know, I, I'm bored by me and uh, in, in this, in this, uh, in, in this environment, you, I'm not getting that kind of interaction that I that I'm accustomed to. It's a great quote, Richard. Just call the episode. I'm bored by me. By me, I love that one. Right, <laughs> Steve. Don't you know how important you think you are? Come on. I I'm not interested in anything going on in my own head. I I already I already know that stuff. I want to know what's another people bored with themselves right now. That's a great. <laughs> so it, I think that in, in, and so I think some people are this 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 time is is harder on them maybe they live alone and don't have don't have other people that they're living with if you if you live alone and are an extrovert this is a, a very tough time i think and uh and so I, that that's why i created those kind of um the, a, a lot of little meetings that are not required but optional for the team so uh you know we can have lunch together over there's a lunch over zoom that some people some people choose to join and, and it's a lot of the same people and it's i think a lot of it is the people that live alone and, uh, and, uh, and really are really enjoy that type of interaction. So um, I think as a, as a leader, you can create those opportunities for people to make their, to keep them motivated and keep them in a good headspace. I, I don't, I don't think I really answered your question on, uh, on coaching. We, I, uh, we went in a different direction, I think. 
but I, I could circle back to that too if you like. Take it, take it back if you want. Richard and I meander all over the place. <laughs> don't get back to things all the time. It's just part of the... No, I, I write down your questions as they come. And then uh, and I was like, I never actually answered your question somehow. I might have... <laughs> but, I have to but, say, uh, you're, you're the most prepared guest we've ever had in 64 episodes. <laughs> well, maybe it's, you know, I, I run my own podcast. So that's probably why I like to think in terms of structure, you know? <laughs> and why don't you know what, share that with people? What is your podcast? We, we certainly want to support you in your efforts. Sure. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's outside sales talk. So it's a, it's a podcast that is focused on, on uh, outside salespeople, field salespeople. And what I, what I basically do is, is bring experts um, in, in sales onto our podcast to then speak about whatever their area uh, of expertise is. So like Scott was on there already. Um, and and that we had, we had a great conversation and, and, and so it's, it's people like him who have like a really cool message and he gives that message specifically for field and outside, uh, salespeople. So if he knows how to, if someone is, you know, I, if someone wrote two books on how to get referrals, I'll have them come on and talk about strategies for field salespeople to get referrals. So some of it's very tactical like that and some of it's more strategic, but all through the lens of field sales. Got it. And, and like I said, no offense that you had Scott first, you know, I know. What you said. In, fact, in fact, I don't know if Scott, I think I told Scott this, but I, I, when you're, when your person reached out to me to do it, I said, yes, I'll go on his show only if he comes on ours. So, you know, <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I don't mind talking about quid pro quo. Like I'm okay with it. it. It's always good to stir ideas up. So coaching, coaching, I was, uh, <laughs> we, we do like to meander. We could talk all day. But, uh, you know, I think, so I, I have a, a strategy about coaching sales reps that, uh, that's a little different than, than some, and I think it really applies in these times. So my, my trick to, to coaching, my, most, my best trick to coaching sales reps is to have them learn and be, learn how to coach and empower them to be, their, be the coaches for their team members. Um, so what do I mean by that? Uh, basically, Figure out what needs to happen for your team to be selling successfully in this environment and look for who on your team and where on your team you're seeing signs of success. And then, then whoever figured out how to do that on the team, enable them and empower them to teach everyone else how, how exactly they did it. So, you know, an example, maybe one of your reps figured out that a certain segment of your customers is still buying right now, or maybe even has larger needs than they used to. And so if they've figured out how to fit your product or service in to, uh, to solve that new need, then, then that person, you can go to them and empower them to you know, recognize them for their achievements and empower them to teach the rest of the team. Um, so that's, that's kind of uh, a, a trick of mine is, you know, and, and, and ask yourself, what, what are the, what are the, what are the skills and what are the tricks that that our reps are using right now that are making them successful in this environment? And then, you know, whatever those plays are that they figure out that you have them, you have them teach everybody else. So that, that's, so what do you do? Cause you know, this is one of those things where legitimately there is no playbook for this, right? If I want to hire a rep and promote them to be manager and I say, okay, go figure out how to build your sales team, come back with a plan. Like I got it right? The theory is the same. What kind of things would you want those people to come back with 
other than, well, gosh, you know, I think this is what, you know, like, or, or is that what you want? Because there is no idea, there is no playbook for this situation, right? Um, which is a little bit yeah. different. Well, I, I, I think, uh, I think you have to be extra sensitive to what the boots on the ground are, are figuring out. And this is, there's a great book about this. I, mean, I didn't make up these ideas. It's actually from uh, General Stan McChrystal. He's, he was on, on the he was leading a, leading a big chunk of our Afghanistan efforts. And he would, he, he talks about how he had, you have to be reactive to what's coming up from, from the field and what's, what, what people are learning in the field. And you have to, you know, you can't, you can't top down a crisis. You can't, you have to, you almost have to bottoms up it because they're the ones with their feet on the street and really understanding what's going on in the market. And so I think the, the, a good strategy here is always going to involve, we are going to, we have this thesis, we're going to go test it in the, because we saw it happening in the field over here. We think it might be bigger than that. So we're going to test that this thesis out and try to make it bigger for, uh, and, and try to try to uh, try to run this play over and over again, and see if it does work. And then if it does, then we'll scale it. That's a great quote. There, you can't say that again. You can't top down a crisis. Is that what you what you said? Uh, I don't know what I said, but yeah, basically, uh, you can't you can't just run things from the top in a crisis. You need to yeah. listen from from the listen to the bottom and and have the bottom run things. The bottom need you know the people at the the people in the field, the people, you know, actually out doing things, they need to be empowered to make decisions um, in real time. And uh, if you're going to, if you're going to win in, in a time of crisis. I think that even applies in a non-time of crisis. I think it's more heightened during a crisis, right? Because it's like, okay, we need to make this decision, but you know, if I'm going to go out and choose a software like Badger Map, right? Like I, 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 I would want to empower my team to say, what am I missing here? Right? Like I'm not going to be using, you know, I'm going to use it at an administrative level. I'm going to use it at this sort of function, but I'm not going to be the one using it day in and day out. And I don't want to buy something that, that nobody uses. Like we all got too many tools in our toolbox when we're not using. Right. Absolutely. um, But I, I love the quote and I think it's absolutely appropriate, you know, in this moment, because you don't know until you talk to your customers. How are you talking to your customers right now? Like I, I know earlier in this conversation, you said, um, you know, people aren't, you know, they're pressing pause. Um, so let's say I'm a, a client of yours and I and you press pauses. Am I getting a, a call from you just saying, Hey, thanks for being a customer all these years. How can I help? Like, are you, are there other services that traditionally would be an upsell that maybe you're giving away so that when they come back, they might pay for it later Granted, it may not be applicable, you know, like how are you guys communicating with your customers? Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a little of that more just to keep my, my fingers in the pulse of what's going on in the market. Our team is doing a ton of communicating with all of our customers, seeing where we can be useful, seeing how we can retrain their teams to use our tools um, uh, in, in not when they're not in the field. Because, you know, like our lead generation tools work work similarly, you know, if you're inside versus if you're over the phone versus outside, you can, you can use our tools for that. So we're, we're helping train people on transitions, you know, making uh, training videos and that sort of thing on how they can, how they can be successful when they're, when they have to be inside and selling over zoom as opposed to being outside. Um, we, you know, in terms of other services, we really only do the one thing, like we have the one piece of software. So 
if, if someone is, if someone's furloughed their sales team, you know, there's not a lot we can do for them until their sales team comes back. Um, so now in a lot of cases, I think people aren't just furloughing their sales teams. I mean, it's in some industries, right? I mean, it, so it really is industry by industry. Like if you sell beer to bars with field salespeople, you know, right now your field salespeople are not selling any beer. And so the, you, there's the, and the whole company is making no money. So there's a good chance you probably did furlough a lot of people. But if you sell uh, medical devices to doctors, there's a good chance you're still out in the, you're still out in the field and you're going to hospitals and doctor's offices and, and you're, you're working with, with those customers still, cause that's a, you know, kind of a required industry or a necessary industry. So we're across the board. We've seen about 40% less activity. So there's 40% less uh, sales meetings going on right now in, in America than there were, um, than there were before this crisis. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to help people work. Even if they aren't going somewhere, like even if it's, if it's switched from a face to face, does your, yeah, we track it either way. So we're seeing 40, we see 40% less activity across the board. Right. So if someone was doing 10 field sales meetings a day and now they're doing 20 inside over the phone meetings, that would actually be an increase, but we're seeing a, a decrease of 40%. So net of yeah. all the people that have actually, you know, have increased or are able to do similar things now as they were before. Fascinating. That's interesting. So, well, I know we're sort of getting towards the end and, and we sort of flip things around and sort of turn around and say, how can we help you? What can we do to support you, your efforts, anything you're supporting? Um, obviously please feel free to mention your podcast again, but, Anything else we can do to support you? Yeah, the, the podcast is Outside Sales Talk. It's on every platform. Um, if anyone's trying to get a hold of me, you can just, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, so Steve Benson, and, and uh, just search Steve Benson Badger Maps. I should come up. Um, you know, uh, I guess one way we're trying to help people is it, we, we're giving kind of prolonged trials during this time so people can kind of get in it and start using it and get it all set up so they, they can hit the ground running as soon as they, uh, as soon as they are able to go back into the field. So we're kind of just setting, getting people set up and then we can press pause as soon as the, uh, as soon as their, their restrictions are lifted. Um, so, you know, kind of that, that's, uh, that's where we're trying to help people out right now. On well, Richard, you'll, you'll help the, you'll help uh, Steve's podcast by, you know, having five times the uh, download count as me when I was on there, you know. Totally. Yeah. Totally. yeah. I, I expect that. Yours was actually very popular, Scott. You, you oh. be, be careful you're not bite, biting more off than Richard can, can chew here. Oh. Oh, apparently, <laughs> I set the bar pretty high for you, Richard. That's okay. All right. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time, Steve. Appreciate it, man. It's always yeah. good to uh, chat with you and, and uh, really appreciate you going into some, you know, difficult uh topics and stuff here other other people have you know kind of shied away from some of these things so um i appreciate your candor and your willingness to get real yeah well hey i really appreciate you having me on here and i i'm uh, i'm glad that i could share some of my experiences sounds awesome. good talk to you later man take care